All right, welcome back to another episode. <laughs> um, sorry, I didn't get to read this earlier. Like I said, I was going to, I got distracted. Um, I'm learning how to play chess. So I got distracted by uh, an obsessive compulsion to continue to play chess all day for the last couple of days. So, uh, this is the book that you recommended to me called, I'm not really sure how to pronounce it, but Zhang Yan Heruka. Zhang Yong Haruka. That's the way I think it's pronounced. Sangyong Haruka. The Life of Milarepa. Milarepa. I thought it was Milarupa. I'm not. Well, the Life of Milarepa. In any case. <laughs> okay. Let's see. The Life of Milarepa. Translated by Andrew Quintman. Introduce, introduction by Donald Lopez Jr. Okay. Uh, let's see. <laughs> is this is dedicated for Maya. <clears throat> this book is dedicated for Maya. It says for Maya. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Introduction, the Buddhism of Milarepa. Okay. Um, I'm just going to start with chapter one. Like you suggested that I would uh, start with chapter one and skip the prologue and the introduction and all that. Okay. Chapter one, page 11. Long, this is a long introduction. It looks like it's a pretty good introduction, but it's a few pages long. Translators, uh, yeah. There's the translator's introduction as well, and the prologue. Okay. Let's see. The madman. Of Zhang. I guess that's what Milarepa was considered or called the madman madman of Zhang. Okay, acknowledgments and all that stuff. The life of Milarepa. Okay, still going through the prologue. That's pretty long. Okay, part one. Chapter 1. Ah. Emaho. Thus did I hear. At one time, the powerful Lord 
of yogins, the great Haruka himself, greatly renowned as Jetson Mila Jepa Dorje, was residing in the sacred place called Dropa Puk in the region of Nyanam, turning the wheel of the great vehicle Dharma seated in the midst of his heart disciple yogins, bodhisattvas, abiding on the spiritual grounds, including Rechungpa Dorje, Drak, Repa Jiwa O, Ngangjong Repa, Seban Repa, Kiera Repa, Trigom Repa, Lengom Repa, Repa Sangye Kyap, Shengom Repa, Dampa Gyakpua, and Tompa Sakyaguna. This Tompa Shakyagona. His fortunate male and female disciples such as Lekshe Boom and Shendormo Rainbow Body Dakinis such as the five sisters of long life and also gods of completely pure lineage together with an assembly of human yogins and yoginis at that time rechungpa was res- was resting in meditation within his retreat cell During the course of an entire night, he had the following dream. In a lovely and enchanting land called Odiana, Kandroling, Garden of Dakinis, he entered a great city where the houses and their foundations were all made from precious gems. The inhabitants of this city were all dressed in silken robes and adorned with ornaments of bone and jewels. They all had pleasing features and were beautiful to behold. Without uttering a word, they all exchanged glances, smiling joyfully. Among them was Barima, the female disciple of Lama Tipupa, whom he had met previously in Nepal. She wore a red robe 
carrying herself as the city's principal figure. Nephew, welcome, she said. How excellent that you have come. She then led him inside a house made of precious gems, filled with an inexhaustible store of objects to delight the senses, as a host would her guest. She plied him with the excellent and refined service of food and drink. She said, At present, the Buddha Akshobhya is teaching Dharma in Odhyana. Therefore, nephew, if you wish to request the Dharma, I shall ask his permission. Yes, indeed, said Rechungpa, who felt a strong desire to listen to him, and so they departed together. At the city's center, Rechungpa saw the Blessed One, Akshobhya, more exalted than he had previously imagined, seated upon a high throne made from precious gems, teaching the Dharma in the middle of an ocean-like assembly. Intoxicated with bliss and well-being, he felt as if he would faint. Then Barima said, Nephew, stay here a moment. I will ask for permission from the Buddha. She went to make her request and was granted permission. She led the way and they arrived in the presence of the Buddha. Rechungpa prostrated himself at the Buddha's feet, requested blessings, and sat before him listening to the Dharma. The Buddha smiled, and Rechungpa thought, the Buddha has been gazing directly at me for a little while and is thinking of me with affection. The Dharma discourse focused entirely upon the genealogies, birth accounts, deeds, and life stories of all the Buddhas and Bodhisattvas. And as the Buddha taught them, Rechungpa felt a faith that caused the, the hair on his body to quiver. Finally, he recounted the stories, the life stories of Tilopa, Naropa, and Marpa, which were more extensive and even more amazing than when the Jetsun had told them previously. 
the entire assembly was thus completely overcome with faith. At the conclusion of his religious discourse, the Buddha said, Tomorrow I shall narrate the life story of Milarepa, which is even more excellent than those I have just described. So come and listen. Some in the assembly said, There couldn't be anything more excellent than the previous accounts. If there were, it would be a marvel of immeasurable proportions. Others said, The spiritual qualities of those who were previously described are fruits attained through the accumulation of merit and the, and the purification of obscurations during the course of many lifetimes. Milarepa attained spiritual qualities not inferior to those previous masters in one lifetime and one body. The first people said, Well then, if there is such a marvelous Dharma teaching, and we failed to request it for the benefit of sentient beings, we would be unfit disciples. We should therefore have strength and determination in our three gates and request it for the benefit of all beings. Someone else asked, Where does Milarepa currently reside? Some said, he, re he resides either in Abhirati or Akanishta. Rechungpa then thought, The Jetsun presently resides in Tibet. In any case, I am inspired by such talk, so I should by all means request the Jetsun's life story for the benefit of beings. As he was thinking this, Barima took hold of Rachungpa's hands and while shaking them said, Nephew, you have understood. Nephew, you have understood. Rachungpa awoke from this dream just as dawn was breaking his awareness was clearer and his practice more potent than ever before. Reflecting on the dream, he thought, It is amazing indeed that I listened to the Dharma from Akshobhya amid an assembly of Odiyana Dakinis. Yet it is more amazing still to have met the Jetsun Lama. Even my listening to Akshobhya's teachings is due to the Jetsun's kindness. Those people said that the Jetsun dwelled in either Abhirati or Akanishta. But then he scolded himself. 
You belittled the Lama, thinking he resides in Tibet. In this way, you showed your lack of respect, putting yourself on his level in general, since the Jetson is a Buddha. His activities of body, speech, and mind are beyond comprehension. In particular, wherever the Jetson abides is itself Abhirati and Akanishta. You are totally mistaken and filled with disbelief. Afterward, he thought, In my dream, the one who was teaching Dharma, Barima who was listening to it, and all the other signs were indications that I should request the Jetson's life story for the benefit of beings. Therefore, I should request it by all means. He was filled with an extraordinary devotion to the Lama, and he prayed from the depths of his heart and the marrow of his bones. He rested in this state for a little while, and within an experience that was a mixture of dream state and luminosity, five beautiful maidens appeared, standing in a row before Rachungpa, white, blue, yellow, red, and green, wearing the ornaments and clothing of Odiyana. One of them said, Milarepa's life story will be told tomorrow. Let us go and listen. Another asked, Who will request it? The senior heart disciples will request it, responded another. All the while, they fluttered their eyes at Rechumpa. One of them said, Everyone would be delighted to hear such a marvelous teaching. So we should each offer a fervent prayer. Another said, It is proper for the senior disciples to request the life story. It has instead fallen upon each of us to protect and propagate the Master's teaching. Having said this, they vanished like a rainbow. Rechungpa then awoke from this state of luminosity. The dawn sun rose brilliantly in the sky. He reflected, I have understood the tidings of the five sisters of long life. He prepared a meal while resting in a state of post-meditative experience. When he had eaten his fill, he went before the Lama and found him surrounded by a resplendent, colorful assembly of resident disciples and lay followers. Rechungpa prostrated to the Jetson and inquired after his health. Then, kneeling before the Jetson, with his palms joined, he made this supplication. 
precious Jetson Lama. Buddhas of the past taught their inconceivable life stories consisting of 12 deeds and the like for the benefit of sentient beings. In this way, the teachings of the Buddha spread throughout the world. And nowadays, fortunate trainees can be brought onto the path of ripening and liberation because lamas and adepts of the past, such as Tilopa, Naropa, and Marpa, have also taught their own life stories. Now, precious Jetson, in order to bring joy to her, in order to bring joy to your close disciples, to look after those who would become your trainees in the future, and most of all, to bring all living beings onto the path of ripening and liberation. Precious Jetson, I ask that, out of your great loving affection, you tell the story of your life and deeds together with the origins of your family line. The great Jetson replied with a smile on his face. Rechumpa, you already know me well. But since you ask, I shall answer your request. My clan is Kyongpo. My family line is Jose. I am Milarepa. First, I committed evil deeds. Later on, I practiced virtue. Now, I am free from both good and bad deeds. And having exhausted the basis of karmic for karmic activities, I will not conduct them in the future. Were I to explain these events at length, some would be reason for laughter. Others would be reason for tears. Such discussions are of little use. So let this old man rest in peace. Rechungpa prostrated once again and then offered a supplication. Precious Judson, at first you practiced the profound oral instructions through asceticism and strong determination. Devoting yourself to one-pointed practice, you have now brought to the surface the abiding nature of things and have brought phenomena to the point of extinction. In the future, you will neither carry out nor experience any karma that could fetter you. This is understood 
by everyone. Yet there is tremendous significance in the reasons why your clan is Kyungpo, why your familial line is Jose, and why you were given the name Mila, and also in the reasons why the manner in which you first committed evil deeds and you later practiced virtue are the causes for laughter and tears. Therefore, I pray that you look upon myself and all beings without indifference in body, speech, and mind, but rather with great loving affection. In this way, then, please tell your story at length. You Vajra brothers and sisters assembled here, and lay followers who have gathered out of faith, join in my prayer. After submitting this request, Richungpa made many prostrations. The great heart disciples and faithful lay followers also made many prostrations and then offered the same supplication that the sublime individual Richungpa had made, repeatedly requesting that their master turn the wheel of Dharma. Then the Jetson said, When you again ask with such urgency and insistence, I have no reason to keep it secret. So I shall tell you my story. My clan is Kyungpo, descended from a great band of nomads in the northern region of Uru. My family line stems from a lama who practiced Nyingma mantra a yogin who was the son of a nobleman, a Jose, favorably received by his chosen deity. He gained power in the practice of incantation. He set out to make a pilgrimage throughout the countryside and to visit its sacred shrines. Reaching a place called Chungpachi in the region of Lato, Zhang, Insang, he subjugated the harmful spirits in the area and offered his blessings. His effectiveness in performing such activities brought tremendous benefit to the region. His following and his activities thus increased. And he was then given the name Kyungpo Jose, 
and remained in the region for several years. Whatever calamities fell due to illness, harmful spirits, and so forth, he was the individual who was called upon. Once there was a malicious demon that could not go near Jose, but was insurmountably fearsome for everyone else. The demon descended upon a family that had very little faith in Jose, inflicting it with harm. The family called upon another Lama, who performed a rite of wrathful subjugation and offered blessings, but they were of no use. The demon argued back, ridiculing and condemning the Lama. At that point, unbeknownst to the demon, a relative of the faithless family advised them to invite Kyungpo Jose, stating, One uses even dog fat if it cures the wound. So call him. At this, the family invited Jose. He approached the demon and, drawing himself up, cried in a booming voice, I, Kyungpo Jose, am coming. I eat the flesh and drink the blood of demons and obstructing spirits. So just you wait. He sprang forth as he said this, and even before he closed in, the demon was stricken with fear. Taken by surprise, it cried out again and again, Oh, mother! Oh, father! Mila! Mila! Many such terrified expressions fell from its lips. Jose approached the demon, who said, I have never bothered you, so please spare my life. Jose made him swear never to harm anyone in the future and sent him away. The demon then reached a family that supported him and said, Mila, Mila! Never have I felt such agony and pain as I do now. Who brought this on? asked the family. Kyungpo Jose appeared. He threatened me with death and I accidentally pledged an oath, said the demon. And he went away. From then on, in order to express Jose's greatness and his fine qualities, everyone called him Jose Mila. His descendants therefore came to be known by the name Mila. Since the demon never harmed anyone again, everyone agreed that it must have passed on to another life. Gyeongpo Jose then married a woman and had a son. 
This son had two sons, the elder of whom was known as Mila Doton Senge. To him was born a son named Mila Dorje Senge. From then on, his descendants each had only one son. Mila Dorje Senge was fond of playing the dice, the dice game show. And as an expert gambler, he raked in considerable winnings. At that time in the region, there lived a man with many paternal relations who was a cheat and quite skilled at playing show. In order to test Mila Dorje Senge, he played a game of show, wagering a small sum. The man was thus able to size him up, and on that day he won effortlessly. Displeased, Mila Dorje Senge said he should be allowed to get even at dice the next morning, wagering greater stakes than before. They cast the show dice, and the man let himself be beaten three times. Finally, he said, I, too, should be allowed to get even. They agreed upon the size of the stakes and wagered their fields, their homes, and their personal wealth. They bound themselves by written contract so that there was no room for dispute, and then they rolled the dice. The man won. His paternal relations seized control of Mila Dorje Senge's fields, home, and personal wealth. The two Milas, father and son, then set out from the region, leaving their home and everything they knew. They reached a place called Kyanggatsa in Mangyul Guntang and then settled down. The father, Doton Senge, carried out village rituals for the local inhabitants, such as reading and reciting scriptures, offering ritual cakes, providing protection from hailstorms, and performing rites for protecting children. His services, which were very much in demand, brought him many offerings. During winter, the son, Dorje Senge, undertook major trading trips to gather goods from Nepal in the south. During summer, he gathered goods from nomad lands in the north. He also engaged in minor trade, gathering goods throughout Mangyul Gongtang. In this way, the father and son accumulated a great deal of wealth. At that time, the son, Dorje Senge, loved a local maiden, and the two married. 
to the couple was born a son who received the name Mila Sherab Geltsin. While they were raising him, his grandfather Doton Senge passed away, and they performed an extensive funeral. Afterward, Mila Dorje Senge increased his fortune through trade and became wealthier than ever before. There was a man named Orma in the vicinity of Sa who owned a fine triangular field in Sa. Dorje Senge purchased the field, paying out a good quantity of gold and merchandise from the north and south, and it came to be known as Orma Triangle. On the edge of the field lay ruins of an old lodging house belonging to a neighbor. He bought that as well and laid the foundation work for a manor house. While the house was being raised, Mila Sherab Gyaltsen turned 20. In a prominent family of Sa, there was a beautiful young woman of the Nyang clan named Karmo Gyen. She was skilled in tending to worldly affairs, clearing loathing, clearly, clearly loathing her enemies and loving her friends. Sharab Gelson took her as a bride and she became known as Nyangsa Kargian. Construction on the manor house continued. On the third floor, they built an open court with a storage area and a kitchen off to the side. The house, which had four columns and eight beams and was one of the most pleasant homes in Kyangasa, was known as Kazi Dunge. Four columns, eight beams. They lived there in happiness and developed a good reputation. Thereafter, some relations in Chong heard the reputation of the father and son, descendants of Mila Doton Senge the son of Mila Dorje Senge's paternal relative, Yongjong Gyaltsen, then left his home together with his wife, children, and his sister, Gyongsa Paldren, and went to Gyongatsa. Mila Dorje Senge had great affection for his relatives. So he was overjoyed at their arrival and plied them with hospitality and gifts. He taught them how to undertake the business of commerce, and they too amassed a great deal of wealth through trade. Sometime later on, Nyang Sakargian became pregnant. Mila Sherab Gyaltsen 
having brought numerous goods from the south, set out to sell them in the vicinity of Taxe in the north. <coughs> Excuse me. A long time passed while he was away. On the 25th day of the first autumn month in the male water dragon year, falling under the constellation Gyal, I was born. My mother dispatched a messenger to the place my father was staying, entrusting him with a letter that said, Here, at harvest time, a son was born to me. Come quickly to name him and to celebrate his naming feast. The messenger delivered the letter to my father and told him the story. <laughs> Overjoyed, my father said, Oh, wonderful! I have already named my son. There has never been more than one son in each generation of my family line. As I am delighted to hear the news that the child has been born a son, I shall call him Topaga, delightful to hear. Now that my business is finished, I shall leave. Saying this, he returned home and gave me the name Topaga. My family held a fine naming feast, and then I was raised with love. Later, whoever heard my pleasing voice was cheered up. So people said that Topaga was aptly named. Then, when I turned four years old, my mother gave birth to a girl who was named Gonmokyi. Her nickname was Peta. So she became known as Peta Gonki. I remember that we two, brother and sister, had dangling locks plated with turquoise and gold. We held great authority and influence throughout the region. So the local nobility became aligned with our family and the peasants came into our service. While this pleased us, in secret, the locals said, These foreigners are immigrants to our region, and there are none more brazen or wealthy. Their house and fields on the outside 
their farm tools on the inside. And the ornaments worn by both men and women are all a sight to behold. With all his wishes fulfilled, Mila Dorje Senge died. His funeral, his funeral rites were carried out on a grand scale. Thus, Milarepa spoke. This was the first ordinary deed, the deed of his birth. Okay, that's it. Thank you so much for suggesting this book. And this is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful book. And uh, chapter two is coming next in the next episode. So I'll be more than delighted to continue reading this. And um, I hope that this storytelling has really brought you some joy. And, um, you know... Um, forgive me if I am not pronouncing things correctly or if I'm stuttering over my words, but, uh, this is a beautiful book. It's very easy to read. So I really appreciate you suggesting it and, um, many blessings to you. Thank you.